and welcome to another episode of Fresh Aesthetic, the show where we embark on the search for truth and meaning through creativity, art, and pop culture. I'm your host, Stephen Garten, and I'm joined by my co-host and longtime friend, Matt Goodat. In our last conversation, we talked about the vulnerability required to release your art to the world. Creating can often end up being centered around affirmation from our peers or randoms on the internet. And the episode that we talked about was a deep dive into what it means to release your work and not base your self-worth on what others think. In today's episode, we continue on in the creative process by talking about moving on after finishing a project, or in a much broader sense, after a big life change. It's so challenging to leave what we've known and embark out once again into the world of the unknown. It can be so full of scary new things. I'm so glad you're here today. If you enjoy this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend and leaving a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. But enough of me talking, and on to the episode. Let's hit it. I want to start with this great quote, which sort of sets the stage for what we're about to talk about. This is from Robert Frost. It says, in three words, I can sum up everything I've learned about life. It goes on. Great place to start about moving on, Stephen. Um, We're talking about not just moving on from ideas and uh, you know creative projects but moving i suppose uh into different arenas in life moving into different stages of life and that involves i suppose letting go of the identity we've had in a previous season in order to embrace the new creative expressions and ideas but it also involves letting go of circumstances and places. And, and um, I know you're in a transition yourself right now. So um, what are your thoughts around this topic of moving on and how important it is? It never gets any easier. It's just always difficult to let go of something. It carries with it a natural sense of grief and sadness, Um but also joy and celebration of what was and what you really enjoyed about either the season that you were in or the, the art that you made or an idea that you had or something that you executed that you spent hours and hours working on and then moving on from that is tough because it, it's, it is that natural letting go process of grief and then acceptance that it's time to change it up. So yeah, it doesn't get any easier. That's been my experience. My wife's nan just passed away a week ago or something. She was 90 years old, lived a great life. She had, she'd had an operation and she she um, was recovering, had a stroke. And, you know, they they were like, um, this, is, this is probably the end. So the whole family gathered around. It was a beautiful time. Couldn't have asked for a better passing. You know, it was amazing. And um, it reminded me of the fragility of life and that everything is so temporary. And she, Lise Nan, has a huge um, history in the community she's a part of. And she owns a, an iconic shop in that, in, that, um, in that area. It goes way back. Her husband had founded most of the, the, char- the, the, the Rotary Club in the area um, in bunch of other things so they had a huge impact in this community and now it's like they're gone and in another 20 years most people will probably forget 
how the Rotary Club started. They'll forget how the shops were built. They'll forget uh, who used to run the, the local chapel. And history just washes that away. And so there was a sense of moving on in this, in you know, in the light of that, that made me think it's uncomfortable to look back and realize that everything we've created, it doesn't go with us. I think it's a reminder to enjoy what we're doing, knowing that we don't need it to achieve anything other than what it's achieving in us and to those around us. I think that's the most beautiful thing rather than trying to achieve stuff that's, you know, just an egoic expression of, of trying to make, you know, make the world a better place, you know, change the world, impact the world, you know, and it's letting all that go and just being like, just, just creating, just being yourself for yourself and for others is, is, is the, is the gold. I don't know. That's just been a process of watching her sort of her dying and seeing all of that moving on happening from her life and the community. Yeah. Like you say, it's, um, it's so strange to think, think about that, that when you go or when you leave this earth, that one generation later, oh man, like how many grandfathers and great grandfathers do you actually think about or or know much about their life or for sure, eh? Yeah, so it's this it's it's quite a, a trippy thing to consider that one generation will pass and then you'll be a pretty distant memory in yeah. people's minds. Um and it just it can make things feel meaningless if you dwell on that that sort of premise for too long. It can you can feel like oh it's it's all just a breath in the wind. There's no point to anything, um, or it can give you a sense of wonder and bring you back to the present. Oh, that's it. It's like the double irony, eh? Yeah. And the one hand, it feels as I remember being so overwhelmed by existential crises when I was younger, just thinking about all of this and just how big everything is and how finite we are. I was very keenly aware of that and it, it could overwhelm me with just a sense of meaninglessness and hopelessness. Um, but it, it brings you back to the present because it's, it's like, this is now, this is what we have. Mm. And, um, and it can take, it can snap you out of that egoic drive. Like you said, to, to want to do for the sake of pleasing others um, as opposed to life for life's sake. And that's the thing of moving on. And I think the acceptance of letting things go, whether it's a season in life or whatever, I remember this with pastoring. Um, So for listeners who don't know, I worked in a church for about 10 years. And before that I'd done missions work for about, five years. So my whole basically adult life had been involved in the faith-based community, working for churches and charities and missions. And um, that came to an end. And I felt like my whole identity was wrapped up in that thing. And I kept trying to reimagine life like, oh, it's going to pick back up again. Oh, I'm going to get back into all those things I was doing. And just accepting hey, life has changed. I have changed. And letting go of who I was that man, that was a that was a powerful thing, and that was the freedom for the new. And this is what moving on is about. It's it's not just letting go; it's embracing something new that can be quite scary because the the rules are the rules change. You know what I mean? Like it's not like life now works according to the laws of 
uh, the way it did. And society changes all the time. You know what I mean? Society is ever growing and the rules of society are changing. And so we're always changing and being willing to let go of seasons and past um, identities, especially identities, because identities I reckon are the most limiting thing because they are self-imposed paradigms that you put on yourself as to what you can and cannot do. And when you get past that, you're like, I can do anything. That's absolutely right. And I, yeah, I completely hear you on that. I remember this quote that said something along the lines of, if you feel scared about something, um, like in an anticipation of something new that's coming in your life, if you know that sense of fear and oh, trepidation you get that you're going into something new that's very unknown. Um, Marriage. It, it's basically like you just got to jump man you just got to do it Mm. i've found in my life that that can be a telling sign of like i feel really really scared and in that anticipation sort of a way of the unknown and it can be a real good cue that i need to do something um because i don't want to leave anything any experience behind in this life you know what i mean like i want to just I want to, I want to do it all. Like, and I don't want to, I don't want to not do something because I'm afraid of it. Do you find though, like I'm finding now there's things I look back on, like, I'm so glad I didn't do that. Like snowboarding. (laughs) I just went snowboarding and I was like, I hate this thing. Really? Yeah. I love snowboarding. Oh. But yeah, the identity thing as well. Like you can wrap up your identity and you can make these assumptions and, conclusions about who you are and go no this is who i am i'm not the type who does dancing on the weekends Mm. you know i'm white i can't dance Mm. and so you you lose some of the goodness of life because you're too afraid to take a risk and look silly for a while we were talking before this podcast about the uh, apple tv series trying and um great series but there's an episode in it that's just uh the It's such a funny show. The um, the episode where the great Nan dies and they all go to Cornwall. To mourn- I know, this is such a good episode. <laughs> they mourn the loss of this Nan who's like the the worst Nan. And you never get to meet her. Like you, you just, you know that she's died and apparently she was a horrible person. But there's this thing at the end of it where the, her daughter has a breakdown. She lets all the grief out and she's like, I want to go to Yemen. And, and it's like, you can go to Yemen. And she's like, can I? She's like, you can go anywhere you want. You can go to a beach. And it's like, she's having this realization, like, I can. And she's 60 something at the time. And it's like dawned on her, like, what? I can do anything. And it's like, how often do we live with that going, oh, I can't, I can't do that. Oh, I can't do that. And then we have these moments of breaking in life where suddenly we go, I can, I can. And the freedom that comes with that. And I love the line that she's like, I can go to Yemen. And she's like, well, you could, but you could go somewhere with a beach or a government. (laughs) (laughs) Or a government. Oh, what a great line. Yeah. It's got such good writing in that show. (laughs) Oh, I love it so much. Yeah, but absolutely. We get stuck and held back by all this stuff. That's just, it's just made up. You just came to this conclusion that, this is me. I'm a 34 year old male and I like to eat meat and I like to have 
two coffees in the morning and I, I take this particular route to work and I, I only drive, um, beamers and you know what I mean? Like you, 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 you settle on these stories and these narratives for your life and that's it. They're locked in. Uh, this is me, man. I'm not changing. And it's sad when you see, I think it's sad anyway, when you see, uh, I wonder if it's, I wonder if there's certain personalities that would struggle with it more, but, um, you, you see people who are in their 60s and 70s and they've they've sort of doubled down on this identity thing and they, they, they're so trying to live back their youth again. They're still living 30, 40 years ago in a world that's moved on, um, you know, whether the, the identity is in, in music or whether the identity is in um, a lifestyle they had or whatever it might be. It's like you, you can see the... By holding on to the past, they're losing the adventure of what life was. It's, it's, it's like you're still alive, you're still living, but you, you're 50% here. Yeah, because you've already got this predetermined set of responses to every stimulus that comes your way. Have you heard of the term um, frozen taste? It's, no. It's something along that those lines, but it's basically what you're talking about, which is you get to a certain age and your tastes freeze. And Whoa. you just never listen to the latest music or you, you know, you, you've, you've locked it in. Wait, wait, wait. How, how old is this? Oh, I, I, have we hit this? I, <laughs> I don't know. I purposefully try and like frustrate myself. Or, I, I don't know how to describe this, but like I, I will listen to things I don't like, or I will try and, and, um, turn the tables on that you know so do you like listening to things you don't like is that, is <laughs> that's that my favorite st- genre your, yeah is that you stuck into liking things you don't like <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i just try and flip the tables on like you see imagine a table with all of your likes and your the way that you see the world on it and it's just everything's laid out so preciously um and it's just kept all meticulous and if something moves on it or falls off the table you you're careful to pick it up and put it back and dust it off and it's got to be in this in this place and it's going to be in this kind of trophy state for the rest of your life on earth i try my best to just go in and flip that table yeah just like push it all on the ground and mess it up um, and 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 this for. is this is crazy because I I'm the type of personality that likes things very particular and like in its place and um, everything nice and neat and things like that. But I I try and troll myself. I think that's what I was looking for before the words. And what's the result? Um, I think it's a good thing because it just keeps you it keeps you out of that frozen state of like no nah, I just don't like country music. I'm just never going to listen to it. I'm like, yeah, put it on. See, I can find some enjoyment in this. Oh, wow. That's so true. I noticed when, um, uh, again, because trying has been on my mind, there's this line in it where the guy's uh, partner says, you are becoming a grumpy old man. And he's like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just opinionated on just whatever. And you can see that the opinions he has when he was younger, that he's held on to them and now he's aging, it's turning into being a grumpy old man. But he didn't see that when he was younger. And I think how often I've caught myself going, you know, this is just all what I've always thought. This is what I've always, uh, just an off-cuff remark. And then I go, oh, 
oh that that's not aging well um what happened why am i still thinking like that why am i holding on to that belief or that mindset which is just um being shown up for its immaturity the older that i get and being willing to detach myself from that and i don't always do it i still find myself saying stuff and going oh that's dumb you know but um yeah i know what you mean like i will say something and i'm like in my head i don't even know if i agree with that <laughs> with something i've just said so yeah i hear you on that um but yeah it's just i guess being open to that like being open-hearted to life and not not your heart's not so set in stone that things can't move you or sway you anymore you know you're you're open to being wrong or you're open to being in a state where you can learn something new yeah you're always just a child receiving a new experience hey and i love that i love that thought and i i I consider that to be what jesus meant about being as a little child like to be in that open-minded soft state where you're you're not closed off to life yeah but yeah with moving on it's it is tough like you like we said at the start you invest so much time into something and then you you basically just walk away from it and it can feel like this this is this how i would describe the feeling you know when you've just finished a really good book Mm. and you're like still in the universe you're you're like a fiction book you're still in that world and you're like thinking about the characters and you don't want it to end and it's that bittersweet like i loved the book but i'm just sad that the the story is over and i'm kind of moving on and do you find like the the instinct reaction is like how do i get back in that world so it's like nat comes out going like oh is there an is there a sequel is there uh you know, can I Google more about this author or, and you're, you're just trying to recapture what you just had. Yeah. And I think it's like that with TV shows too. Like it's this weird thing when your TV show's ending of, um, uh, do we carry this on for another season and kill it? Or do we leave it at this spot where people are still kind of wanting some more, but, um, do you know what I mean? Like, yep. like new girls like that. Um, it was great show, but at the end it, the last season didn't have that many episodes, um, but I think if they had kept going, they would have killed it. Yeah, and it's um, the good place was perhaps one of the best endings to a series. I think it had three seasons, um, might have had four, but but whatever the case, it it finished. And I'm not going to give any spoilers, so don't worry. But it just finished with this sort of like, oh, that's it. Um, I, I'm happy it ended where it did, but there was a grief because of the way that, that, cause the whole thing's about the whole show's about philosophy and different philosophies and presenting them in a, a comedic way, which is really clever, by the way, what a great idea to present philosophy in the terms of comedy. And, um, cause you can digest it and, oh, I can see another perspective. Oh, I can see that person's perspective. Um, whereas when you just cold stone philosophy, people just tend to go, my idea is right, yours is wrong. So anyway, it helps us digest that and it gets to the end and it leaves with this sort of like, um, bittersweet feeling. And I just think that's the bittersweet you're talking about. It's like, I, I, you want to hold on to the experience you've had, but if you do, it's going to kill you. So you need to be willing to move on into the next thing 
because the next thing is going to be where the life is at. Yeah, that's right. It's an irony there that if you do hold on to it too tightly, and man, we do this. Everybody does this. We hold on to things because we just... I think it comes from insecurity of just you need something and you want it. And um, if you hold on to it too tightly for too long, it dies anyway. Mm. And then you're left with that same grief. You just weren't willing to let go. And, yeah. and, and there's something beautiful about the way that death operates in the circle of life and the fact that everything eventually dies and then that death pushes through to make new life and that is a, an effectively part of the circle and without it it wouldn't carry on you know you've got when the when it rains and the water goes on the ground and um and then evaporates and it, it it creates that cycle it's like there's this there's this part of life that is hard and is just baked into the system but if you took it out it, the, the system wouldn't work so do you think then that there's an aspect to the timing of letting go because i just wonder if like where's the i'm, I'm thinking out loud here but where's the line between all right moving on boom it's gone to hey i'm going to allow a process to hey i'm never moving on or taking 10 years to move on when I could have moved on in 10 days, you know? Well, I mean, if you look at uh, like say uh, an older person changes and makes some sort of change in their life that none of the people around them ever thought would happen. How beautiful is that to watch mm. when somebody who is like the grooves in their brain, the, the neural pathways are so deep and yet they still change and an old dog's learnt new tricks all of a sudden, it's quite stunning to see and to watch. And it's almost moving in a sense because we know how hard it is to do that. Um, and so I I don't know. Like, I think it's just a beautiful thing. At whatever time you, you're able to do that, I, I don't think we should beat ourselves up if we haven't been able to. It's like, if you get the strength to do it now, great. If, if it takes you going around the journey a few more times to be able to do it, then I think that's fine too. Yeah. Well, I know when I finished pastoring, like it didn't come the way I wanted it to it came with some health complications and burnout. And, you know, I was just forced to forced really through health just to, to, to have an instant I'm, I'm leaving, you know, I suppose it was a six month period, but it still felt like instant. But, um, the process of letting go of my identity was much longer and the process of being like, I don't have to be a pastor to be helping people realize God and life, you know, and, and find the beauty in life. I don't have to be an ordained minister to be able to breathe life into people. And, and that change I remember like a year after still wrestling with that. Mm. And I don't think it's been until this year that I've really been, okay, it's, it's dead. It's done. Like I, I knew it was dead and done, but it's like, I, I came to a turn of, of acceptance and in, in that grieving that where I had been 
and letting go of that and going, I actually, and now I look back and I'm like, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm, I'm so grateful for moving on because I feel like a new person. And I think that's so true. And, and, you know, we talk so much about creativity on this uh, podcast and we're talking obviously much deeper. This is affecting so many aspects of life. But when you come to the creative process, you know, how true is this, that sometimes the things that where you're feeling life and the process of creativity uh, in one, in one period in your life, it's, it's over here. And in another period of your life, it moves and you have to be willing to adapt and you have to be willing to, you know, I think of you and your drums, massive part of your life. And then just goes on the back burner, you know, and it's okay to accept that it's a different, it's a different time, you know? Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. You're absolutely right. Um, and it's sad sometimes to, you think, oh man, I, I wish I could be doing that or I wish I could go back to that. But things change, life moves on and you, like you say, it's a process. And I think that process shouldn't be rushed and and like you, you'd know that firsthand from your story you shared, you know, you burn out and takes a while to get through that. Um, but what about creatively? Like what about when you had to give up your, well, you didn't have to, but you chose to give up your public speaking Instagram account. What, 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 how, describe how that was for you. That was hard because I remember thinking like I could take this somewhere. Um, because I was work, what I was doing is I was creating a public speaking account um, to, to basically monetize a, a course to help people with public speaking. And I was working at it. And then I hit this point where I was like, I was developing a course and I was thinking I could start putting this out there and getting a bit of revenue. And I, my life just took a turn towards business. And I remember thinking this public speaking course isn't going to be as profitable as I want it to. Like if I do the sums, if I do a projection of, you know, what I want to achieve, it's not going to be that profitable. The 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 thing is I'm starting with low investment. So that was the win. And I remember thinking, I'm just going to have to do this pragmatically to let go of it. And once I had done it, I felt an immense sense of freedom. And I, I attribute it to the identity thing. I was coming from a past season where I'd had so much experience in this one um, art form and I loved it and I was finding it hard to let it go. I was finding it hard to just, so I was trying to reinvent it in a new uh, season, in a new time when it was never supposed to transition over. It was supposed to, it was supposed to die with the season. And I just, my, my brain has real estate now like where I didn't have real estate before because I was thinking about my craft the whole time. And now when I let it go, gradually I was like, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to think about how to present a story. I don't have to think about how to um, capture attention or keep an audience's thing. I can just, you know. I think you're onto something really, really good here. And I just want to hang on it for a moment. But um, you're talking about there, even that that was holding on to something because it was part of a previous identity. I just think that's so such a good lesson and like a good example of what that looks like or can look like outplayed or played out in your life. Um, what was that experience like for you? Like 
Um, you had this thing that was such a big part of your life. And then, like you said, you tried to keep it going and turn it into a, a slightly different format. But um, that must have been quite a tricky journey. Honestly, I when I let it go, the freedom that came, it was like hindsight kicks in. And you go, oh, I was trapped in going back to the past. And the faster you can get out of that trap, the better. And that's the terrifying thing. I remember, what's the word? Like ag agrophobia, is it? Not, no, is that spiders? That's arachnophobia. I think. Arachnophobia. Oh, what's agrophobia? The one of afraid of open spaces. I wouldn't have a clue. Something about afraid of open spaces. And I, that's what it feels like when you're walking into a new um uh, period of life where your identity is being freed, the labels are coming off because it's like, oh, there's so much opportunity, but that is terrifying. It's like a job hunt, right? It's like, oh my goodness, the opportunity. I just wish somebody would come in and direct me what to do. And, but that feeling is a sign that you're growing into the space you're coming into. And I don't think. There's, um, how do I put it this way? I don't think it's as open as we think it is. What we're looking at is we're seeing the opportunity of everything that could be and who we can become and the labels are coming off. But at the same time, life is still sort of bumbling us along the journey we're on. It's just our eyes are more open now to see stuff. And it doesn't mean that we are going to get so lost in the opportunities because doors still open and shut life still sort of gets you to to where you're supposed to be and i think that's important to remember when you're feeling overwhelmed by options and and you know like coming out of pastoring like i could do business i could do uh this public speaking thing i could do i was thinking i wanted to start a whiskey bar um um you know do i go do a degree at university how you know it's just like man the pressure of the freedom and to get it right and then going, oh, it doesn't matter. I just do what I want to do. And it's like, oh, well, that was the answer, <laughs> you know? And that's the process of, I think, of the moving on of letting go of an identity and walking into a, that, how to how to navigate the freedom that comes with that. Yeah, and I can so relate to agonizing over a decision for so long and um, it can feel like you're trapped in your mind and you're, you, you just can't think about anything else and it's it's really tough sometimes to know what to do if you've got a really clear fork in the road ahead of you and both ways are going to take you in completely different life life journeys oh yeah it can be very very challenging to know what to do and even on smaller scale decisions like buying something you know you're researching everything and you're like stuck in this just trying to make the best decision that's always been a struggle for me is just wanting to make the very best decision that I can. And so I research for hours and hours to try and do that. But um, there's a freedom that comes just from letting go and of that state, making a decision and taking a path and going, you know what, that other path does die or get cut off when I take this one, but that's okay. And I know there's a psychology term for this, the the relief that comes from actually making the decision and your brain's not in this limbo stage anymore. Um, but yeah, it really is good to, to just decide and do it and move on. And like you say, there is such a freedom that comes with it. How do you find 
in that decision of making a selection, like I talked a bit about how it sort of just unfolds as you go, but in the practical sense, what are practical things that have helped you in those times of indecision or those times of open opportunity to know which way to go? I always try and get as many trusted people in on it as I can. People that I, 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 I value their opinion and I trust them to speak into my life and balance it out. Like I, I remember somebody saying, um, oh, why would you ask my opinion if you're just going to go and ask somebody else's as well? Like, does mine not mean anything to you? And I, I don't agree with that because I think getting a range of opinions, you can start to see a bigger picture and a bigger, you know, the, the puzzle starts to fit together a little more. So I just try and put it out to as many people as I can and listen to what they're saying. And sometimes there's, you, you know, deep down, right? There's that, that knowing underneath that knows what to do, but sometimes you don't want to hear it mm. because it's like, it's going against some sort of surface thing that you really want. Um, but you've really got to take that or be courageous enough to listen and really listen to what's being said and, and, and just take it and sit with it and go, does this work or is it, is it not for me? Yeah, I like that. So not looking at the back with rose tinted glasses, eh? So that said, let's totally contradict ourselves now. If you could go back to one period in your life, where, when would it be and why? I love contradictions so much. I, I, <laughs> I just, it shows why hypocrites and like, <laughs> I just think life is so full of contradiction that, um, I just love to flip this on its head. This is great. I love that you did that. Yeah. So what do you say? What's one period of my life I wish I could go back to and redo? Or just re-experience. Not necessarily like do it differently, but just go back and re-experience that time. Well, I try not to live with regrets, but there was one time, there was one time in particular that was very, very challenging. It was um, just coming out of college and, and getting my first job. And there was two really different pathways ahead of me. And I, I was struggling because both had said yes to me getting a job there at their, their particular places. And I just knew it would take my life in two very different directions. And it was so hard. I just wanted to know what each of those directions, where they would lead to and be able to go down both paths and check them out and then come back and take notes and figure out the best one. And, mm -hmm. but life's just not like that. And you have to constantly every day make little decisions that affect how things go. I mean, in this, Oh, you haven't seen everything everywhere all at once, but the multiverse is such a neat idea. And I love movies that um, play around with that idea because it, it really does cater to that part of my brain that wants to know all of the little, yeah. how there's just so many possibilities out there. And it's like this web of, I don't know, just intricate possibility. So yeah, that's why I really love that movie. But it, it was a tough time in my life. Like I remember knowing what to do. And even though I had that knowing and I made the decision and which meant cutting off the other one, um, I was still a wreck afterwards. Mm. I was just a mess. Like, so would you do it differently? I'd, I mean, I'm always curious as to what, what would have happened, what life, how life would have turned out if I took the other path. 
like one of those take your own adventure books. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I am curious, but at the same time, you can't. <laughs> you don't want to live in that state of wanting to know because there's that philosophy that will they all sort of lead back into each other anyway. Yeah, yeah, and you got to watch that movie to. It's just yeah. so so fun the way that they approach the subject. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just it would su- it su- it sucks you out of the present if you are hmm. constantly thinking back or regretting or wishing you knew what where another pathway led but is there a time that you like loved that you'd go back to just a time in general that was like, oh that was so good i mean this is my enneagram seven <laughs> pain-free complete enjoyment speaking yeah well and and again like i think we romanticize it in the sense that we remember all the really great things and then tend to forget some of the really hard things like mm. I really love the time where I was in Todonga, um, and I have great memories from that place, but Absolutely the more I broke, do- Oh yeah, <laughs> I was broke. Um, but the more I dive into that, I'm like, Oh, hang on. There was actually a lot of pain too. And mm. I remember some really low times that I had, um, mm. going through some stuff and, yeah, I think just every season has a mix of highs and lows. And sometimes it's not till you get out of it that you realize you're actually enjoying some mm. of the things. So true. I remember being uh, uh, in the middle of the depression, playing a silly train game on my phone and listening to some sermon and just feeling so comforted that it was okay to not be okay. And I look back and I'm like, man, that, that was a really special time to me, but like, man, it sucked. Hey, eh? like that whole, like, Oh, what a horrible period in life. But I still remember that gold nugget it, right there in the middle of that feeling of just being like, it's okay. Just the relief and, uh, not needing to perform. Um, but yeah, heck I wouldn't go back. <laughs> yeah. But how, how good is it that you can look back and think about mm. things that you did like in those times? So how do we move on? What's our practical steps for rounding out this episode? Well, I think for me, the summary is, you know, it needs to happen. I don't know at what pace it needs to happen, but it needs to happen. And I like what you said about preparing for that moment by continually throwing things out, you know, taking your what's on the table in your life and continually flipping it. Um, I like that. I like the idea of... um, understanding that you're moving from an identity a lot of the times when you're moving on it's not just a what you did it's it's actually an identity and letting that past season go and how to address the the feeling of being overwhelmed these open space feeling is is realizing that you know you just the path opens up before you as you walk and being okay with that making decisions to the best of your ability um, that that's for me, what, what stood out? What about you? Yeah. I, I was just really struck by how much we hold on to tight. And I know I say this a lot, but, and how you can end up killing something anyway. And if you just let it go, you know, it, it, it would have been a lot easier, but yeah, that's great advice that you gave. And, um, I'm just, taking it on board as you're saying it this is this is nice and therapeutic i'm trying to live by my own advice most of the time and oh, i fail aren't we, <laughs> aren't we all 
every day. Man, I, yeah, I'm inspired. Um, it's, it's a great episode. This is really cool. I think it's time that we moved on. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I really enjoyed the discussion around the difficulty in moving on from something you have loved or grown very fond of. There doesn't seem to be any easy way to do this, and so it can be comforting knowing that we're all in it together. We can all relate to the feeling of having loved something so much and then needing to move on into something new. It's a journey and we've got to be patient with ourselves. If you'd like to support the show, head over to our Instagram page and give it a like and a follow. And if this episode helped you, then consider sharing it with a friend. All right, I'll see you all on the next one.